Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, which is 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best of new inventory, all with great warranties. Great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a fabulous service department that backs it all up with great technicians that take care of the life of the vehicle. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Jeff Byers on the show today, leading into the Big Ten Wrestling Championships. Uh, also, Lady Line basketball team, Michigan today, just getting underway at the Target Center in Minneapolis. Penn State men's ice hockey at Ohio State, best two out of three, will not affect their entry into the NCAA tournament. They're in. The one thing it could affect is seeding. But that's what's coming up. And the women's ice hockey team has already won the CHA. And Jeff Campersall was named the coach of the year in the CHA, justifiably so. What a great year they've had. But we will not bury the lead. And that is the Matt Catrillo rant of the day. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know if I can top what the, what the uh, men's team did last night. Well, no, sure. but but your rant is, I mean, everyone, I, I have so many notes here, people live for it now. <laughs> I mean, that was an exciting win last night. We'll get to that. But I guess I have a kind of a different style rant today, and I have a regular style rant today. Which one do you want to hear first? Uh, it really doesn't matter. Neither, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me start with the with the uh, different style rant because their normal style rant, I'm just going to be beating a dead horse. So I'd rather get to something that's I think we can talk about today. Mm. And that's to do with Jalen Carter. He's back at the Combine today, as we know, after he went to do his, take care of whatever he had to take care of with the with the arrest and the awful scene that's been down there in Georgia since point, the... And it should be pointed out the, the two charges were misdemeanors. Correct. So yes. Absolutely. Factu- factually correct. Yes. They are for the state of Georgia, at least, with recklessly uh, reckless driving, and I forgot the other charge. But yes, you're correct. So it's going to be interesting to see how NFL teams react to it. And of course, you know he's got a lot of explaining to do. I'm sure with with the NFL teams now in the interview process. But you look at the Eagles at 30. If Jalen Carter were to take a massive drop, which I think is possible, depending on the more we hear. I think that it might be worth taking the chance for the Eagles at 30 because you're in a spot 
where I think you can take some of those chances. You have you have the talent that if you try to take some of those chances, that can continue to put you over the top, perhaps, to finally win a Super Bowl again. I think that's worth the risk. Plus, you have another first-round pick at 10. Now it gives you more pressure to hit on that, which, you know, it's been up and down with Howie Roseman the last couple of years. So I, I if I'm the Eagles and he falls to me at 30, I think it's worth the risk taking. I really do. Okay. Or if like or this. if you know he's going to last till the second round and you trade down to like one of the early picks in the second round for day two, and you get to do it that way, I, I'm all for it. I'm all, honestly, I'm all for it. I want to take him at 10 if he falls to me at 10, but if he's still there at 30, now I think I'm in a good spot to take him and take a risk. I would not do him with the 10th pick. I want to make that clear. But at 30, I think the Eagles have the wiggle room and the ability to take a chance if he's still there. I'd like to see how this plays out first before I do anything like that. And that's fair, because I think there's definitely going to be a lot more coming out. I mean, I don't think we've heard the last of what's going to happen here with this. Already everything came out. I mean, some things came out this week that nobody knew before, so I'd like to know how that plays out first before I make that dramatic a step. And and if 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 stuff comes out more serious, then I, I will probably rethink this opinion myself. But as of right now, if if things if things were to stay the way they are, I think if you're the Eagles at 30 and he's still there, I think you can take a shot at him. But if things get worse, then yeah, you have to rethink it. That's a that's a that's a flowing opinion, right now. I mean, uh, you know, let's start out with this. He obviously started out and lied. <laughs> so let's start with that. True. Um, so, I would just like to see how it plays out. All right. So, what's your what's your other one? <laughs> well, the other one, as I said before, it's beating a dead horse. But now, I didn't watch the game last night. But well, that's a that that's a good start to a rant. <laughs> but it, it's just the the apparent the takeover. I did see it on social media later, of. New York Ranger fans at Wells Fargo Center last night, and the Rangers won in overtime. It was Patrick Kane's debut with the Rangers. I mean, that that's... This franchise has had a lot of rock-bottom moments lately, but this is about as bad as it gets. I mean, for the way that building used to be, not too long ago, daily, and especially during the during a postseason run, to where it's become now, if I'm if I'm Comcast, I, I, I am that that is just a flat out embarrassment. And if I'm at Snyder, I'm rolling in my grave two times and backwards to where this franchise is gone. Comcast is destroying this franchise of the Philadelphia Flyers. It's never talked. To, the city basically treats it as if it's like the the little brother that's never gonna you know come to fruition with anything. It gets no attention. The team on the ice is borderline somewhat competitive. The GM is a flat-out disgrace and totally contradicts himself and is fully incompetent to do the job correctly. 
and you have a head coach that's trying to be reasonable but doesn't seem to be on the same page with said GM. Just now it's come down to this where you have Ranger fans taking over the lower bowl of Wells Fargo Center. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, this franchise is an absolute disgrace, and there's a reason why I'm not watching games this year. This team has a lot to fix, and I would love to see it ultimately sell to a new owner, but I know the likelihood of that is slim to none, unfortunately, because that's where I think it's coming down to right now. At least they had a crowd. All right, so um, let's uh... get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Some people see things in different ways. They had people there. All right. Um, so let's uh, get to last night's game. Yeah, let's get to happier topics. I think uh, the way I, I phrased it in the broadcast in the first eight minutes, I said we're going to see two things in the first eight minutes. A, how is Penn State reacting to how – Sunday ended up playing out, and how is Northwestern channeling senior day? And the first eight minutes, Northwestern defensively channeled senior day really well, offensively did not. Penn State looked like the first eight minutes, they were still in shock from Sunday. So in the first 13 minutes, of the, at one point, Penn State fell behind 17-7. In the first 13 minutes of the game, Penn State, a team which averages 8.5 turnovers per game, turned it over nine times. There's also another element that should be brought into this, so people need to understand. Last night was the first time they played Northwestern all season. And when you play somebody, you're watching video, you're watching breakdowns. Like I sit there, I watch the video and the breakdowns with them and with the coaching staff. And it's one thing to say they do this, they go out and do that, make sure you're aware of that. It's another thing to see a team in person and do it with the speed that you think you're seeing on video, but then you see it in real life. Like a Chase Adige, I think there's a really good chance he is the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Quick, length, anticipates, uh, does a great job. After the first 13 minutes, where Penn State turned the ball over nine times, and they, I mean, there were a lot of bad plays, bad passes in there. The game within the game. So so if you're sitting there and you're a box score person, they turned it over 13 times. Okay. And what did you think of the last 32 minutes? They turned it over 13 times. What did you think of the last 32 minutes? They turned it over 13 times. Okay, so you didn't watch the game. Penn State of the 13 turnovers had four in the final 32 minutes. So after 13 minutes, they finally got a handle on what Northwestern wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. That was important because, again, they had not played them this year. And when you see it up close and personal, you're like, you know what? 
Right? They're quick. They get to the ball. They, you know, for the most part, they rotate really well. Penn State then, after they got a handle on it, a stopped turning it over only for the last 32 minutes, and then started getting the ball into really started really moving the ball and getting Northwestern into rotations they were not comfortable with. It ended up getting Penn State wide open looks for Seth Lundy. He hit four. Andrew Funk, he hit four. Cam Winter, he hit four. And we'll get to his game winner in a moment. And Penn State's defense for most of the night was really good. Now, Brooks Barnheiser is, this is not a really good three-point shooting team, Northwestern. They're 32%. And they only have, to me, the threshold is 33 to me, 33 is the equivalent of being a 50% shooter from the field. So 33. They only had one player over 33% of the season going into the game, and that was Chase Audige at 34%. Yet they kept hitting threes. Now, Barnheiser has been better at shooting threes of late. He'd been four of his last seven coming into the game, and we all know he's capable of that. And he ended up equaling his career high with 19 last night. He really played well. But Penn State finally got Northwestern into into bad rotations, got them running around, the ball movement, and it shows in the other stat, Penn State had 19 assists last night. That shows the ball movement right there. It came into play on the final possession for Penn State in overtime, where... Evan Mahaffey, a true freshman, made three terrific plays down the stretch. One was to draw a foul offensively, put him at the line, and then the first free throw, and you could tell out of his hand, had no chance, was not a good shot. This is the first time in his career, collegially, he's been in this spot. The second one, he knocked it down all net and tied the game at 65. He then was involved in the defensive rebound to get the stop they needed at the defensive end of the floor. Because remember, Northwestern, I talked about the defense Penn State played all night, except for the threes, where Barnheiser hit the majority of them. He, He really had a great night. Penn State defensively held Northwestern without a point over the final 245 of the game. Northwestern for the game was 12 of 39 in twos for the game. 12 of 39 in twos. And... That defense was, A, kept them in the game in the first half. And even though Northwestern went through a series where it looked like Penn State wasn't getting stops, then Penn State, in the final few minutes of regulation, started getting stops. And then in overtime, kept getting stops. There are a couple reasons for that. One, you have a game plan going in. And with about five minutes to go, Micah improvised. 
they decided you know, Bowie's over there, and everybody's looking for matchups. Who? What is the matchup you want? For example, you watch Purdue play Wisconsin tonight. Wherever a sieging goes, that's going to be the matchup Purdue wants. Excellent shooter, can't defend Matt. Well, that's what they were doing. They were looking at Andrew Funk and felt that with Boo Booey against Andrew, they had an advantage. So what did they do? They improvised off a timeout, and they started running a second guy, which had not been in the game plan. They started running a second guy at Boo. And it threw off Northwestern because they did not expect it. Bowie didn't expect it. To be honest with you, Chris Collins didn't expect it. And Northwestern had a lot of trouble adjusting to it. Then offensively, Micah saved a few plays that he wanted to run and sets he wanted to run for the end. And then he decided with about three to five minutes to go in, in regulation, then throughout overtime, to then run the sets, trying to get picket deep, trying to draw that second defender, kicking the ball back out. If Pickett had the shot, fine. If not, Lundy hit four threes, Funk hit four threes, and of course Cam. On the winner, on the game winner, we get to the third play that Mahaffey made. Pickett puts up the shot, you know, good shot. And remember, at the end of regulation, Funk's shot, I'm I'd be honest with you, I'm not sure how it didn't go in. I think it grazed the rim, the, the rim coming down, and that's why it rattled and popped out. Well, he backs him down. He's got the shot. He missed the shot. And again, remember, you're at a point in the game. What do you need? Because the game is tied. You only need one. Well, he missed the shot, and Mahaffey, to his credit, great athlete, playing out of position, not only grabs the rebound, but how often have you heard Dick and I talk about Evan as an excellent passer? And he got that rebound, and when he controlled it, he threw a fabulous pass to the wing to Funk. And I don't know which Northwestern player it was. I think it was Audige. When Andrew caught it, went out, and was coming at Andrew. And Andrew quickly made the decision that Winner had the best chance he was in the corner, and he quickly got it over there. And Kim, who's been doing this now for a month, knocked it down. This is what they did last night they had not done all season. It was the first time all season they were trailing at halftime and rallied to win. It was the third overtime game this season, all on the road, and it's the first one of the three that won. So they bucked trends in a couple of big areas yesterday. Held due in the mid-30s from the field. Shot the ball well themselves and picked up a quad one win. Now you go to the next one, it's Maryland on Sunday at noon. Now I realized in analyzing the game, it was not as dramatic or as sexy as Matt's rants, but I thought we should talk about it. Yes, we should have. I still don't think my rants put up to the excitement of last night. 
It's not what you said in the staff meeting. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells FOUDA! Come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Is that the theme song the suit walks into the staff meeting to? <laughs> no. Just asking for a friend. That's a very good question. No, I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And as always... Great technicians that back all of this up for the life of the vehicle. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Seth Lundy bounced back last night, had a really good game. Andrew Funk bounced right back, had a really good game. Cam Winter has been really, you really felt like they needed a fourth guy. And he has stepped up and played really well. And, of course, drilled the game winner last night. Ever since Micah had the talk with him, he sat down. He brought him in and said, look, I know we play a certain way. He says, but you also have strengths to your game. Accentuate the strengths of your game. In other words... You know, you'll eventually get a three here and there, but you play a certain way, be comfortable. Play that way. And it's made a big difference. And now he's hitting threes. And you just kind of felt like they, that when he talked to him, it took a little pressure off him. And I think that made a big difference. Made a big difference for him. Now it's on to Maryland. Maryland last night lost at Ohio State by 11, 63-62. You've got another key game tonight, and that is Purdue at Wisconsin. Why is that a key game for Penn State? 
Well, we all know that Wisconsin, based on those two narrow wins that they have, but they're wins nonetheless, has the advantage over Penn State with the tiebreaker. Right now, Penn State is ahead of Wisconsin. You can't ill afford to be tied with them. They're ahead of them, so that's a big plus. Purdue keeps Penn State ahead and then means Sunday's game, if you win it, you stay ahead no matter what. And the key to me in the game, well, two keys, obviously, you know, what what does Zach Eady do? But how well do the two freshman guards end up playing in the game for Purdue tonight? They are, no matter what anybody is going to say about them, they are tired. I mean, they're tired. And that's a big, that's a big issue for them right now. They're tired. And I'm not surprised they're tired. Is something I talked about back on January the 8th when Penn State played Purdue at the Palestra. I said, you know, the two freshman guards have been terrific to this point. I looked over at Dick on the broadcast. They said, but the question for me is going to be, where are they in mid-February? Because those two freshman guards are very talented. Braden Smith and Foster Lawyer. Or, excuse me, Forrest Lawyer. But they are logging lots of minutes. So you're saying, well, Connor Seijin of Wisconsin is a freshman. Yeah, but he hasn't logged the minutes they have. Because for a good portion of the season, for the first mm, two to two and a half months of the season, the Seijin was coming off the bench. And... Because um, because of that, he hasn't had the you know he's a little fresher right now. He's not a great defender, but he's a heck of an offensive player. Um, and uh, but Lawyer and Smith. Different deal. By, by the way, one quick note before I get back to the Purdue game. I want to recognize John Baum, uh, the color analyst for Temple. And, of course, you know, he's been there for 25 years, so there's been many, 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 many times that my path has crossed with John. John is retiring after tonight's game. It'll be his last game at Temple tonight. He is an excellent analyst, and not only that, he is a great guy. John's one of the nicest guys I've ever been around. And so I wish him nothing but the best as he steps aside. He, he, he was terrific for Temple basketball, so I wanted to mention that before I moved on. All right, so let's get – so let's talk about – the. And this, I pointed this. I was on a show this week, and I was asked about, you know, why is Purdue stumbling at this point? Uh, and I said, it's simple. I said, I think those two young kids. I said, regardless of what they say, they're exhausted. And you can see it in the shots, in terms of the legs. There's, there's a lot of elements you can see. 
So where are they here? I just want to just take one quick note at the stats. Lawyers averaging and Smith are averaging 30 minutes a game, each of them, 30 minutes a game. And they've had some games where they're blowouts where they've been able to be taken out. Uh, conference play, lawyers averaging 31, Smith's averaging 32 minutes a game in conference play. And so that's even more recent. And lawyers now hitting 40% of his shots, Smith's hitting 43. Those are both way down from where they were back on January 8th. Um, lawyers now down to 34% in threes. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's, that's what's making the big difference for them. I think I think just tired. And remember, Purdue does not play a blistering pace. So tonight's game with Wisconsin is going to be a little slow because we all know Wisconsin doesn't play at a blistering pace. But it's a key game for Penn State. They're not playing. It's it's not until 9 o'clock tonight on Fox Sports 1. But just for the heck of it, I just want to see Connor Siegen. How many minutes per game he's playing? Ding, 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 ding. I got all the, always love these websites. you got to go through all the mumbo-jumbo to actually get to the part you want. Hey, look. It's like, okay, enough. It's adorable. I'm sure the fans love it. I fully feel feel your pain there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you'd sit there and like, okay, let's. Can we do a professional presentation and just, you know, with all the friends, whistles, buzzers, things like that? Um, I mean, we have to go through layers and layers just to get to the stat sheet. That's not really good. That sheet should be the easiest thing you do. A Seijin is averaging 27 minutes a game. So you're talking about somebody, he's averaging four minutes fewer per game than Lawyer is. So take four and multiply it times 30. Right? That's 120 minutes. That's three full games. That's three full games. Terms of minutes played. I think that's a big difference. But that's tonight at 9. Also, Illinois Michigan's the first game tonight in the conference. So we're finally at that point in the season. Of course, we had Joe Lenorti on earlier in the week. Uh, we're going to talk wrestling with Jeff Byers in the next half hour. Uh, then coming up on Monday, Tony Knopp. We will get into what is going on with the Pac-12 and other expansion ideas. Here's one of the parts that, that does crack me up. There's just so many people wanting to talk about expansion. And look, Florida State saying they way want out. Whoop-de-doo. You can say he wants out of you all he wants. <laughs> He's got a problem. Right? $120 million exit fee. Exit fee. See, it only takes $120 million. No, 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 no. Okay? The $120 million doesn't include the grant of rights. That's just an exit fee. The ACC could challenge in court and say, "Yeah, we still have their. They still have the rights." And Florida State and Clemson evidently have been angling for more money in the ACC for themselves. So let me get this straight: you sit down in a room with fifteen athletic directors. 
We feel we deserve a greater share because we get the ratings. Okay. Interesting argument. And you're the athletic director of Boston College or the athletic director at Pitt or the athletic director at Syracuse or Georgia Tech or Wake Forest or Duke. And they're going to tell you that you're each going to get $3 million less because we have to give Florida State more. Exactly how are you voting? No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Like, uh, over here in the back, the answer is no. <laughs> uh, As I said before, like, who does Florida State think they think it is? Like, really? Look, again... These are two athletic directors that were not a part of the conference when this agreement was signed. And the reason that this agreement was extended was because, and it was a big push from the presidents in the ACC, they wanted an ACC network because they wanted to showcase all the other sports, like the Big Ten does with BTN, like the SEC does with SEC Network. So ESPN agreed to, okay, you know, which, by the way, is is a big financial commitment on ESPN's part to run a network, another network for them. It's not one of those like, hey, here's a network, we're all good. And you have to be committed to doing it. You have to put a lot of money into it. Studios, announcers, on location, remote broadcasts, you know, remote broadcasts of things that you weren't remotely broadcasting before. Okay, here we go. It's, It's time now for the ACC Women's Lacrosse Championship. Okay, now it's time for the ACC, you know, men's soccer tournament. Time now for the women's soccer tournament, the ACC. I mean, you have to put out money for for trucks, announcers, everything that goes with it. I mean, so there's a financial commitment. And, oh, by the way, the technical support for leagues like the Patriot League, we do our games on ESPN+, we run them, but you still have to work with them and connect with them to make sure everything flows smoothly so you're on their network. So right. it's you have all those behind the scenes employees too. So yeah, hey. again, you're the athletic director at Louisville, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Wake Forest, even NC State. You're looking around like you. What, hold on, you want us to take less money? So that they get more? Au contraire, mon frere. You could talk all you want. Here's the big problem they have with the with the grant of rights. They've been going over it and over it and over it. And it's only a few pages, as I pointed out. You know what they they are having a lot of trouble finding? A loophole. I realize expansions. It, it's it's always a, a fun topic, interesting topic, the movement, things like that. And the Pac-12, of course, has allowed this topic to fester because they don't have a TV agreement beyond next year. That's why we're going to talk to Tony Knopp. There's another element too. I know that people are saying, "Well, yeah, and Washington and Oregon be a landing spot in the Big Ten. Hey, guess what? They don't 
bring $75 million a piece to the table. That's the minimum you've got to bring to the table to do this. If you're saying, well, they'll just go out and get a streaming contract and they'll make up for it. What? You're going to go out and get a streaming contract? Really? You already have ones with Peacock. They'll do some college basketball games next year, starting next year. I think it's nine total. But everybody makes it seem like, hey, Amazon, everybody, hey, we got to work in Washington. It's like, you know, they'll, they'll just take less. Like, okay, they'll take less. But it's also, you have to schedule them. You got to put them in there. There's going to be the money drain of all the other sports. It's like, come on. And by the way, I don't know what the state laws are in Washington and Oregon about what it means for Oregon State and Washington State. Anybody think of that? But they don't bring $75 million to the table. And the network's already told them, we're not giving you more money to add them. That normally is one of those like, okay, I hear you. <laughs> we'll make 16 work. They've already been told by the networks, we're not giving you more money. It would have to be a totally separate package of something. And here's the question I will ask Tony on Monday. Do USC and UCLA even want them in the conference? Everybody keeps saying they need to have travel partners and make it easier for them and travel, blah, 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 blah. Maybe USC and UCLA don't want them. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be his answer is no. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I know the people I've talked to, the answer I heard, but we'll see what, what Tony has to say from the people he's talked to. You, you know, this is part of part of it's like being the only show out west. All right, come back more in a moment. You're on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. One more man. Yeah. We got to go back home. We got to get this last one, man. We owe our fans that. Yes, sir. Always. Yes, Always. Yes, sir. Always. Tell them to come out one more. Hey, one more on three. If y'all would have missed two more free throws, we would have got a free chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time in my life I'm glad I didn't have a chicken sandwich. <laughs> one more on three. One, two, three. One more. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Chelsea uh, posted that on social media. That was the locker room after the game last night. Jerry Palm right now has Penn State the first team out. All right. But what's interesting is in the last four in are two teams that are playing tonight. Michigan, which is at Illinois and Wisconsin, which is hosting Purdue. Okay. Right now, that is 66 playing Purdue, 68 at Illinois, Penn State is 69. That's on the Jerry Palm daily update, which was put about mm, two, three hours ago. Okay? So that's where they are. Now the bottom line is you have to go out and get it done. Maryland Maryland is a talented team. I know what the road record is. Young is a terrific player. Jameer Young, oof, transferred from Charlotte. You know how much I like Dante Scott and Akeem Hart. 
Uh, Don Carey was uh, Jalen's uh, Jalen Pickett's teammate at Siena, and he had a big game against Northwestern on Sunday. He was hitting threes left and right, and he hadn't hit threes all year. So. And for what it's I, worth, Joe Lenardi has not updated his bracketology yet. Right. Yeah. No. He no. He waits. I mean, this, which is fine. This is flu. It's always so fluid. Everything's fluid. Penn State's won four of its last five games. Three of the four wins have been on the road. So look, you just let it play out. I know you hate when I say that. Yes, but in this case, you really have to. I'm too. you, You always think I'm too patient. Correct, but in this case, yeah, you, you definitely need to take it game by game because if you don't, if you don't win Sunday, then you're kind of right back to the spot you were before. Right. So you, you got to go out. You got to win this game, especially since Maryland lost to Ohio State by 11. I mean, this is even more of a must-win for Penn State. Yeah. Good luck. It doesn't matter what happened the other night with Ohio last night with Ohio State and Maryland. It, it all matters about what Penn State does. 